Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Nancy P. from West Newton, Massachusetts, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, the 20th of April. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page XXX, Roman numeral 30, the first paragraph beginning with, there are many situations which arise out of the phenomenon and ending rather than continue to fight, reading and commenting on the one paragraph only. Today's readers are Lisa H., Reva P., and Crystal P. Terry J. is reading the 12 steps, and Joni C. is reading the 12 traditions. Susan S.H. is the newcomer greeter, and Barbara P. is the host for the second hour. The reference numbers for Tuesday, the 19th of, the 19th of April, is 7 a.m., 18,858, that's 18858, and 10 a.m. is 18,859, 18859. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Terry J. to read the 12 steps. Terry J. Press star one. Okay, uh, Crystal P., are you able to step in for Terry J. today with the 12 steps? Hi, Bonnie. Okay, go ahead, Crystal. Okay. Good morning. This is Crystal P., recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, seem to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Crystal P. Thank you for stepping up. I will now ask Joni C. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Joni C., gratefully recovered from Minnesota. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communications. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, um, Joni C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page XXX, the first paragraph beginning with There are many situations which arise out of the phenomenon ending rather than continue to fight. Reading and commenting on the one paragraph only. I will ask, now ask Lisa H. to begin reading. Good morning. Thank you, Nancy, for your service. This is Lisa H., gratefully recovered from Memphis, Tennessee, but currently um, on vacation in in the Sunshine State. There are many situations which arise out of the phenomenon of craving, which cause men to make the supreme sacrifice 
rather than continue to fight. You know, it's interesting, as I was reading this, you know, short, powerful paragraph, that the phrase phenomenon of craving is actually used five times in the doctor's opinion. This is actually the fourth time um, that we hear that, that we hear um, talk about the phenomenon of craving. And as a compulsive overeater, you know, if I ingest sugar, I'm going to trigger this phenomenon of craving, this intense, urgent, abnormal desire um, for sugar. You know, I I truly um, don't think I have ever known anything quite as intense, quite as powerful as this craving um, once I put the sugar in my system. I could not predict or control how much I would consume. And and typically it was was until uh, I would consume it until the box or the bag was, was empty. Um, and again, this is repeated by me over and over and over again um, until, of course, I could, I could become completely abstinent, um, work the steps, and, and have a psychic change. Um, and, you know, when I reflected, too, on the situations that arose um, out of this, you know, out of this phenomenon of craving, you know, what happened for me was, I paid very little attention to anything else. Um, it makes me think how selfish and self-centered I was in the food. Um, I didn't pay attention to what was going on around me because all I wanted was more and more and more. Um, and again, it wasn't, you know, thanks be to God, you know, that I came to OA, that I came to a vision for you and learned about this allergy of the body, this phenomenon of craving, um, the twofold nature you know, um, the mental obsession and, and have found the solution and, and, and can live in the solution um, one day at a time. And, um, and God willing, um, you can too. And thanks for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Lisa H. Um, thank you for getting us started. Okay, so um, uh, we will now take some share, uh, names to share on that paragraph. Um, and although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if, so if you shared Monday or Tuesday, um, please step back and let others have a chance. Who would like to share on that paragraph? Melissa Rachel K. Noel E. Did you hear Melissa? I did now. Thank I'm you. Melissa. Sharon? From the Empire State. Sharon? Did you get Christina J? Christina? Glenn C. Glenn? Andrea, Virginia. Andrea. Okay, that's it for this one. That's um, Rachel K., Noel E., Melissa C., Sharon, I'll need your last initial, um, Christina, Glenn C., and Andrea, I need hers. Okay, so you can give it to me when I call on you. Okay, Rachel K., go right ahead. Thank you, Nancy, and thank you, everybody, doing service on this meeting. Um, hi, yeah, this is Rachel Kay from Indiana. Um, yeah, this is a short paragraph, but it brings back some really striking memories. Um, when it talks about the supreme sacrifice, I assume they're talking about um, death, either by suicide or just by 
drinking or eating oneself to death. Um, and that actually, that, that was my, when I was in the food, you know, face down in the food, binging every single day, um, you know, getting fired from jobs, you know, losing friends, breaking up with boyfriends, et cetera. Um, that was sort of my out. That was my escape route. I was going to commit suicide. Um, and that was, you know, that was sort of, and it became even an excuse. I would be like, well, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and binge, you know, I can always kill myself. And, um, as, as sick and sad as that sounds. And then I realized like, I wasn't going to do it. I didn't have the quote unquote courage to actually kill myself. And that was when I, I reached what I now know was my bottom. And I thought, there's no, there's no getting away from this. I'm either going to die of compulsive overeating, a slow and gruesome death, and I'm a healthcare provider, and I've, I've seen the way it t- takes people. You know, it takes you a toe or a kidney or, you know, or a leg at a time, and it's not pretty. Um, I'm either going to eat myself to death or I'm going to stay this way for the rest of my life. And that was when I realized there's, there's no getting out of this. I can't escape feelings with the food and I can't escape the food and, you know, okay, God, do whatever you got to do. Um, I will do whatever I've got to do. Um, I, you know, I will surrender. And I love, I heard something on a share last night about um, that, you know, I couldn't just pray because I had, I had prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. I was in program for 15 years before I finally put down the food, got abstinent and recovered. Um, And I realized, you know, just praying, I have to be willing to surrender. Just praying is asking God to surrender to my will you know, God, please remove this. But actual surrender is saying, okay, God, I'm willing to give everything to you. You know, uh, you know, talk about supreme sacrifice, you know, rather than make the supreme sacrifice of, of death. Gentle reminder. You know, thank you. I'll wrap up. You know, I'm willing, take everything, take it all. I don't care. Um, so anyway, thanks for letting me share and uh, I will pass. Thank you. Um, I crossed your name out. <laughs> Rachel K. <Kay. laughs> Thank you, Rachel. And what state are you from? Uh, Indiana. Oh, Indiana. Formerly California. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Rachel. Okay, Noelle E., and please tell me what state you're from. Hi, this is Noelle E., and I'm in Louisiana. Okay, go right and ahead. Bir- Thank you. The birds are awake this morning, so... Um, Everybody will hear them on the line. I'm gratefully recovered, and thank you for everybody for your service on the line and the people that have shared. Um, Yeah, this paragraph, the supreme sacrifice was my life. You know, like, whenever I was in the food, that phenomenon created just like I've heard people with every other addiction describe. My only... My only aim once I was high in the food was to stay high in the food. And it meant just, you know, lying at daycare, why I couldn't pick up on time, lying to my boss, why I wasn't working, you know, just 
it was my life. Everything in it became this nest of lies um, because I just wanted to drive through and eat and fall asleep in my car. Um, and, I mean, it's a, I, I like the speaker, the, the sh- person who shared before mentioned suicide. I, I, it was when I was out of the food and, you know, dealing with the consequences of um, my life that I became suicidal, you know, had suicidal thoughts for the first time ever. But while I was in the food, just like a ghost in my life, lying, it was a different kind of death. I mean, it was the same thing, you know? I didn't want to be where I was, who I was, with the people I was with any at any point in my life. And, you know, that's the brief sacrifice which is really evident in my recovery each day was um, right now with, you know, the lives of my children. I have really young kids, and I'm so awake to the miracle that they are and the life that God has given me. And I, you know, missed, I missed precious time um, to be with, you know, Chick-fil-A and to be with, candy from the gas station instead of them. So um, it feels like it feels like a gift to be able to watch the subtlety of, you know, someone picking a flower or how smart my little boy is and um, how, you know, comfortable in her own skin my daughter is. So, yeah, I'm I'm gratefully recovered and um, definitely, definitely living in a miracle. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Noelle from um, Louisiana. Melissa C. from New York. Go right ahead. Hi, Nancy. Hi, everybody. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, um, you know, I read this and I think, you know, like a sacrifice is like surrendering over your possessions, you know, and it's also a ritual slaughtering. It's an offering, um, you know, and, and I think, God, sometimes the words are so melodramatic in this book, and 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 yet that is exactly, that is a great description of what I did, you know, of what I was doing. I was offering my life, like slaughtering my very life, the, this possession I had, which was me, giving it over my entire life over like but nothing like visible and dramatic you know like one small piece at a time nothing you know um it's like i amputated parts of myself just one bite at a time every time i chose food over friends every time i sat by and watched other people like dancing and swimming and kayaking and and you know you know nothing's more like telling of this than sitting at the you know on the little fold up chairs at a water park watching your husband like try to get their your toddlers like two little kids on on the water rides cuz you just can't do it and you know i didn't want to live that way but food was my master and you know that that master it demands fidelity it demands like i put it first it's like I would wake up this beast, this craving, with a bite.
know, I'd wake it up with an ice cream cone. And then basically what it did was it demanded that I vacate my life, that I give my entire life over, my children, my husband, you know, every part of me, my knees, right, my aching knees, I gave it over to this beast. And, you know, what are the situations that arise out of this phenomenon of craving? Like missing my life, like wasting my days, my weeks, my months, my years, because for me... I got so large, you know, like that's what happens for me. I got so large and so miserable, so uncomfortable that I missed being an active participant in my own life. I missed weddings. I missed parties. Like a very painful thing is I missed a dear friend's funeral. And, um, (laughs) you know, so that by the end, the thought of death, I remembered thinking at one point, I think I'm going to have a stroke. And the next thought, which scared me, was, I think I'm actually supposed to care. And that's cruel. Like, how do you even battle when you no longer care about your life, when food is such the master that it tells you not to care about your own life? Um, thanks. That's, you know, I know my time is up. What a, what a depressing way to leave. But, you know, there is a solution. That's why we're all here morning after morning sharing. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Sharon, I need your last initial and the state that you're from, please. It's B. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm in Florida right now. Florida, the sunshine state. Okay, go right ahead. Yeah, so I'm, uh, this is my first time here, and so I'm not sure if this is appropriate for me to just jump in um, because it was more of a question um, that I had about the phenomenon of craving that I hear, um, it's, I think I wake up that way. And so I just wonder how much of it is just behavior. Cause I just looked at the OA website and it's like, um, food behaviors. And it's like, yeah, you know, if I'm, it doesn't even have to be like, a, you know, a sugary food. It could be anything, um, or even just waking up and I'm, I, maybe I didn't have a good enough sleep. So anyway, um, I hear uh, uh, people say that they're recovered and I'm, that's not me right now. So um, I don't want to take the place of someone who could share something uh, helpful. So, um, so I'm just going to keep listening, but thank you for taking my call. Sharon, thank you so much for making yourself known. I invite you, I beg you to stay for the second hour and listen, and you can, you're more than welcome to share at any time. You are the lifeblood of the program, the newcomer. That's what keeps us green. Um, and um, stay on for the second hour. Find a sponsor. Give your number out. Um, just stick with us, and, um, and you'll find out everything, and everything will change for the better. So with that, I'm going to ask Christina. I need your last initial and state. Which of the Christinas we have today? Good morning, Nancy. It's Christina J. State of oh, Washington. Christina J. from Washington. No. Sorry, no. Christina. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, recovered for today by God's grace. My sister wasn't so lucky. We started out in a very traumatic, abusive home, my sister and I, and my brother came along, and the dramatic emotional abuse continued, and we didn't know how to handle life. My brother ended up in prison. My sister ended up on meth, 
and I ended up on food. And my mother was a food addict as well. We all started out on food, but then we migrated. I stayed with food. And uh, my sister got clean. She called, my mother called me and said that this, my sister had shut the door in the drug dealer's face. And she was somewhat copacetic for a while. But then came the prescription meds and the uh, for depression and ADD and all that. And she went on, and she had she was like a cat with nine lives, always coming so close to death. And she loved Jesus. She loved God, and she would call crying, excruciatingly lonely. She'd go to a 12-step church, but she didn't know how to work the steps. She didn't. She was constitutionally incapable of being honest. She she was just lost. And I watched her die in a hospital bed from three strokes, from an overdose of these prescription meds. Three months of torture, 99% brain dead. What does this have to do with me? I could end up that way with the food. Um, she was an addict. I'm an addict. We take our life in our hands when we pick up that next bite, that next hit, that next pill, that next food behavior. We take our life in our hands. She didn't get to have a life. Her kids were separated from her during her 14 years of meth. She lost the ability to be present for them. This is serious, people. We can't play with fire. Want to play with fire? Take a bite. Get distra- get uh, Use a food behavior. Put, your, put that between you and God, and you're losing connection. You're losing the beautiful walk that you've been given this lifetime. You've been given a beautiful life to live, be of service, to follow your dreams, to be with your children and grandchildren, to be present for your husband, to grow towards God. And when we pick up, make that ultimate sacrifice, supreme sacrifice, just from one bite, it can lead us down to the pits of hell and to take us into that phenomenon of craving that maybe can go on for years. I flirted with that in my relapses. I made supreme sacrifices every time I took a bite, but I had the craving. I couldn't stop. I finally had to surrender, and it wasn't me that surrendered, something bigger in me, because I kept coming back. So you got to keep coming back. Keep trying. Don't give up. No matter how hard it is, use the steps and the tools to get this thing. Gentle reminder. It will save your life. It will save your life. It didn't save my sister's life, and I pray that she gets to come back if there is another lifetime and do this again and find recovery. Love you all. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Christina J. from Washington State. Glenn C., you're up, and please tell me where you're from. Hi, this is Glenn C. I'm from New York. Uh, thank you for your service, Nancy, and thanks everyone being here. Uh, I am a compulsive overeater. I'm not sure if I'm recovered, but I guess I'm recovering. I'm on day nine of abstinence, and I'm very happy about that and grateful to this group for helping me get there. Um, you know, I've been exposed to the big book for almost 17 years now, um, but I can prove I've never been to a formal big book study before because when I read this paragraph over the years, I interpreted it to mean that the supreme sacrifice was giving up the substance and not uh, uh, suicide. Uh, And, you know, obviously the first share, uh, when I heard, I was like, oh my God, this is so sad, you know, and uh, addiction is such a difficult progressive disease to deal with. Um, But thank God, um, I have a program 
and uh, I never really thought of applying my recovery and program to my sugar addiction and compulsive overeating over the years. I think because I didn't want to give it up, you know, oh, this would, this would be the last thing. Now, what do I have left? But, you know, what I'm hearing every day here and what I hear in you know, other programs that I attend is what I have left is I'm supposed to be nurturing my relationship with my higher power. And these substances that I have a problem with and I'm addicted to, if I ingest them into my system, that phenomenon of craving kicks off and it blocks my relationship with my higher power. So I gotta be honest, I'm quite surprised that I feel very good on day nine and, um, you know, got through the holiday over the weekend and also a birthday party, you know, without uh, indulging in sugar. And I feel really good about that. And I did not have a compulsion or obsession to do it. And I guess it's because I'm following one of the first, uh, one of the simple rules, which is, don't ingest the substance. And, and I, I know that when I do ingest the substance, it does kick off that phenomenon of craving. I want more and more and more. And over the years, I've said to myself, well, I'll have it now. I won't have it tomorrow. But then tomorrow comes and I'm, I'm obsessed with having the substance again, you know, the, the food item, which for me, uh, you know, is sugar-related items. And uh, not having them now for nine days, I'm not really thinking about it that much. Uh, but coming on this meeting almost every day and starting off my day in that manner does kick off my program every morning. And I love that. So uh, with that, I'll pass. And thank you very much. Thank you, uh, Glenn C. Andrea, I need your last initial and your state, please. Andrea, press okay. star one. Yes, yeah, yeah, I, I just did. Uh, this is Andrea uh, from Virginia, Andrea J. And, okay, uh, Andrea, this is go right ahead. Thank you, thank you. Love you all. Thanks for being here. And the last few shares were, you're, ta- you're talking about my heart and my mind. And, uh, you know, my brother committed suicide, and I could say uh, uh, I had a lot of suicidal thoughts. And I hid in a bottle, I hid in the in the pantry, eating uh, sugar, hiding chocolate, stealing candy, uh, you know, taking more in my shares. And uh, and yesterday, you know, it, around the holidays, when you're from a dysfunctional family, you're looking for that uh, the, that craving of love. And I got that craving from food. But yesterday, uh I didn't overeat and I didn't drink. I, I, I refused to drink alcohol for 42 years, but the, the sugar, you know, and I went out with some folks and uh, this here lady is very controlling and I really didn't want to go with them, but I went, you know, and they, we went to this here Italian restaurant and, uh, and they ordered, uh, and I, I ordered a glass of water with no ice. And she's very, like I said, she's controlling. Oh no, you don't want that kind of water. It's like pond water. You want the, that, what do you call that water in the green bottles, that bubbly water? And I don't like carbonated anything. I don't drink carbonation stuff. And and uh, I felt so small. And it's like I was craving love. You know, I was craving family. And I was forgetting about myself. I, I, I did the ultimate sacrifice. I killed my true self and the bottom line and I'll hurry up with this uh, 
rather than continue to fight. What are we fighting for? What do I got to fight? I got to fight those crazy thoughts. I got to fit in here. I got to do what other people do. You know, people are are, uh, driving 90 miles an hour. I got to drive 90 miles an hour. That's BS. Sorry about that. But I was angry this morning. I was very sad and very angry that I didn't stand my ground and say, I don't drink carbonated water. I don't care about pond water. I would rather drink toilet water than carbonated water. So I had a visible night last night. I'm so glad you're here. And, you know, uh, my brother, like I said, committed suicide. I mean, at his funeral, I said, you lucky SOB. You got out of the pain, the emotional pain. You know, the physical pain, yeah, you know, just two shall pass. But that emotional pain, that hangs on that craving, that uh, situation from the past. You know, it's still a still a little lampshade on my light, and I gotta I gotta really start getting on my knees more and thanking God that I didn't drink and I didn't eat. Gentle sugar reminder: they, they were eating all kind of sugars, and they don't drink, but uh, they might as well be. You know, you might as well be. You know, I love you, and I'm. So appreciative, every one of you. Thank you. And pass. Thank you, Andrea J. from Virginia. Okay, we're going to take some more numbers again. I'll just remind everybody where we are in the reading. We are on page XXX. Just a second. Um, the first paragraph, beginning with, to, um, I'm sorry. Uh, there are many situations which arise out of the phenomenon, ending with rather than continue to fight. Who would like to share? Maria L. from Muncie. Just a second. Just a second. Angie, just a second. Everybody, just a second. I'm on Angie. What's your last initial and where you're from? Angie M. as in Moon from Dallas, Texas. Texas. Okay. I heard Linda D. Maria L. Maria L. Maureen L. Somebody else L. Maureen Nancy from Illinois. Toby W. Victoria L. W. And who's from Indiana? Victoria L. Victoria. Elaine. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, And one more. Hi, this is Angie M. calling from North Texas, um, recovering compulsive overeater by God's grace and mercy today. Um, Today is day 20 of abstinence for me. I'm so thankful. I didn't think I would ever see one day of recovery and abstinence together. I've had days over the years um, where I've had, you know, abstinent days here or there because I was on a medication or um, just was able to be in my own will and my own willpower and stay food sober for a day, maybe even a week over the years here and there, Um, you know, that motivation and I was able to do it and I was able to fight it. I I knew I was addicted to, to sugar and Um, but I didn't realize, um, 
that there is a program, that there's something I can do, not something, many things I can do that don't require me having to replace my negative food behaviors and ingesting this poison with other negative behaviors. And for many years, that's what I did. I just didn't know. I didn't know better. And when we know better, we do better. So now, um, having come into program in July, not understanding, oh, it's just so overwhelming in the beginning, these steps and how do you do the steps? And I just, I was overwhelmed and I, I had a willingness, but I didn't have the desperation. And I thought, oh no, I don't weigh 300 pounds. Am I going to have to wait until I'm, you know, until one foot is in the grave before I'm desperate enough and I am losing a limb, I've lost a limb and then I'm desperate enough. Oh no, I don't want to wait that long, but I don't think I'm quite desperate enough yet And I don't know what to do about that. And I don't understand this whole recovery thing all these people are thinking about. I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I have a higher power. So what is missing? I I just was so confused. What am I doing wrong? And so I started doing what all of you amazing, wonderful blessings in my life told me to do. I I just started listening and I kept coming back. Every day, every day, 90 meetings in 90 days, forget it. I, I need to be here every day. Um, it, have it in my mind, have my higher power on my mind every day, all day. And so I just kept coming back and listening and listening and doing what my sponsor said by just, just feeding my brain and then, you know, let it sink into my brain. And then the heart change started to happen slowly. And I thought, oh, no, I'm going to be one where this change my spiritual awakening takes a long time. Well, it took since July. Thank you for that. And you know what? I just surrender every day, all day, as many times as necessary. And by the grace of God, just listening to all of you, I'm getting it. I'm recovering. And I'm so thankful that I kept coming back, kept listening, kept praying, and kept doing what my sponsor told me to do while taking the steps. With that, I pass. This is Angie from North Texas. Have a wonderful Absent recovered day, everyone. Thank you, Angie M. Linda D., you're up. Go right ahead. Good morning, Nancy. Hi, everybody. Linda D. from Connecticut, and I'm so, so grateful to be here, to be recovered, not cured. Okay. I've heard so many wonderful shares. I think the thing that grabbed at me the the most was the person who said, when I was little, I just craved, I wanted to be loved and to be safe. And that's exactly how I felt. Exactly how I felt. Wow. To hear it again. Now, I've been here a while. I've been here a while. And um, and I know I'm loved, really loved, and safe. And I know it because I have a relationship with a higher power that I call God. One of the things, just one of the things that has been revealed to me is that I have a lot of allergic foods. 
uh, sugar, all forms of sugar, and hidden sugars, and liquid sugar, which is called booze, and uh, and a lot of other ones too. So that being off the table right now, because I'm not going to duke it out about food food plants. Um, so why am I here today? I'm recovered because this disease is a ticking time bomb. Tick, 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 tick. And I have to do what the last lovely person so beautifully explained every day, all day. Is that because I'm terrified? No, it's because I need guidance. This is the disease of addiction. It doesn't go anywhere. Physically, my brain is wired that way. And emotionally, I spent a lifetime being self-destructive. So I need to find a higher power through doing all the things that this program as presented in this meeting and other healthy OA meetings, I need to do those things all day, every day. I mean, there's a little less of this and a little more of that, but it all comes down to surrender to this process. It takes time. Time. Just a reminder. And that's my time. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Linda D. Uh, Maria L, you're up. Maria L, did I miss here? Because Maureen L is next. Nancy, I think that was me, Victoria L. Well, when you miss her, when you miss her, Maria L, that was me saying Victoria L. Well, we're going to go with uh, Maureen now because you're at the you're in a couple more people. So Maureen, go okay. right ahead. Hi, this is Maureen L. Am I going? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Maureen. Yep, you're there. Okay, you're good. Go. I'm trying to get out of Bluetooth. Uh, good morning, everybody. Hope everyone is having a wonderful day. So good to hear from everybody. I'm walking in the woods as we speak and. I like won the lucky baby card in, in that I was able to have, you know, I was born and raised by two parents who loved each other and me, which I know made me quite lucky in the baby baby realm. But and that doesn't mean that my childhood wasn't ridden with this disease as well. I really kicked up in my teen years and continued up through now. And I'm in my 50s now. And this is as much a part of me as the freckles on my face and the the color of my eyes, um, but there's a solution here when I stop fighting it. I talked to someone recently who just talked about the need to surrender, and it's clear that I can't make competent decisions about food. And while I was never suicidal, I was absolutely killing myself, both physically and emotionally, in this disease. But it doesn't have to be that way, and it isn't that way today, and hasn't been that way for a while. And I'm so grateful for that, and the only reason for that is because of this program. And my two parents, who I mentioned, loved each other a lot. They've been married 57 years. And my father is now in a wheelchair and on a, on a pretty precipitous decline. 
And I was visiting Cleveland with my parents this last weekend and my son, who's about to go to college, looking at a college. And it was snowing and it was wet and it was raining, but my dad's a doctor and my son's pre-med and so he wanted to see Case Western. So uh, we took him there and I pushed him through the rain, the snow, up hills, on, over uneven terrain. And so he got to experience this with his grandson. That never would happen without program. He's over 200 pounds. I'm five, five, three and a hundred forty something. And it just never would happen. And the only reason why is because I lost a lot of weight in this program, but also I gained strength and clarity. And I figured this weekend, if we could push him through Cleveland, why don't we push him through Paris? So he's going on his last trip to Europe with my mom. And the only reason why he could do that is because he's got a daughter in program who's strong enough to push him. And I'm strong enough to push him because of all of you and this program and this remarkable way of living that gives us a life that we can't imagine on our own, but if we stay connected to God, we get a chance. So I'm so grateful uh, to all of you. I'm so grateful to God. I'm so grateful to this program. And I'm so grateful that today, hopefully, like yesterday, will be a day where I'm seeking comfort and peace, not through a bag uh, or a box that never did the trick anyway, because one was never, ever enough. And um, I can instead take a big, deep breath and ask God for help and direct my next action. So with that, I thank you, and I wish you a wonderful day. Thank you, Maureen. Nancy J., you're up. Thank you. Um, You know, looking over this sentence, there's so many parts to it. The first thing is where it says there are many situations which arise out of the phenomenon of craving. What are these situations that cause men to make this supreme sacrifice? What are the situations? I look at myself, my situations, which were so distressing to me, so awful, were, for number one, was the relapse, you know, dieting, losing over 100 pounds in a diet of various types over my adult life, and putting the weight on plus. It just rips your heart out. You work so hard to diet, and I was a great dieter, and it get down to a, a normal weight, and everybody compliments you. And then before you know it, you're putting on five pounds, 10 pounds, 20, and now it's 100 pounds plus again and again and again. It's a horrifying experience. It's just terrible. And the last time that happened to me, I was almost 70 years old, and, and now I'm bleeding from the nose with high blood pressure. I can't get up the stairs. My breathing is labored. I feel lonely. I feel isolated and depressed. And this is after losing 100 pounds again and again and again. So you do feel incredible hopelessness. And you do stop fighting. You start to think, I'm just going to eat anything. I guess this is the way I was meant to live. It's, it's a horrifying situation to be in. You're so hopeless. This program for me has been a miracle because now I'm maintaining it seven years. I've never, ever been able to do that before. And I look upon this as, as a miracle, as the only chance for me not to live in that horrible cycle of losing 100 pounds 
plus and putting on 100 pounds plus plus. This program has been a miracle. And I'm so grateful for it. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy J. Uh, Toby W. Toby W. Hi, this is Toby W. from Boston. Um, And I want to talk about how grateful I am today that I am not where I was. Um, You know, I've been hearing all these stories this morning, and I can relate to so many of them, of the despair of falling asleep with food in my mouth and then choking and being grateful that um, I didn't die from it, that my that I woke up and and I was able to get rid of it in my mouth. Um, so I've had those experiences, and I knew it was killing me. The extra weight was killing me. I have congestive heart failure, and the doctor said, you've got to lose the weight, and I said, you're right. And, of course, left the doctor's office and went out there and ate. Um, so the gratitude is I'm not there today. The gratitude is that my life is better today than it ever has been, even though I have a lot of physical issues. And um, and I'm just I'm just grateful. I'm recovered for, for today, and that is amazing. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Toby W. Okay, Victoria L., you're up now from Indiana. Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is Victoria L., and I'm a compulsive overeater, and I live in Muncie, Indiana. Thank you, everyone, who's on the line for your service. You know, for me, um, to make the supreme sacrifice rather than to fight means to just absolutely and totally give up to the disease and take the first bite. And what I would say to anyone who's on the line who has even a minute or a day of abstinence is hold on to that. You know, I identified with the person who said they've struggled in the disease for 15 years. I've been in OA for 10, and I have a couple days of abstinence. And my last relapse was so bad that the I actually had a food hangover that was worse than any of my food hangovers from when I was drinking. And, um, you know, there's a circuit speaker who comes on this line a lot who says that we, we, we eat partly because of the buildup of human emotions. And so I've realized for me with all the years of working the steps and doing tent steps and making outreach calls and talking to me, talking to people that, Um, my, you know, like I might be the person with grave emotional and mental disorders. And so I'm choosing to go seek outside help for the buildup of human emotions. I need extra help above and beyond prayer and meditation and my higher power. Because for me, when something is going wrong and I'm feeling emotional, I can't, my, my arms become like lead cement and I can't seem to get myself to do what I need, know I need to do, which is pick up the phone and call and tell people I'm struggling or having a problem. And so I make the supreme sacrifice and I turn back to the food. And um, 
I'm here to tell you that the disease just, um, it continues to accelerate and mine gets worse each, each time I pick up the food. So I'm just super grateful to have a few days of abstinence back today. And for everyone who comes on this line and shares, and I would just say, if you're struggling today, you know, don't give up. If you have even a couple of hours of abstinence, hang on to that and know that how hard it is to even achieve a few hours of abstinence and that each day that you're abstinent, it gets better and better. And, um, it gets easier to become neutral around the food the longer you're away from it as your body detoxes off of the things that cause the phenomenon of craving. So I'm just grateful to be here and thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Victoria. Um, okay, Elaine, I missed your last name, oh, your last initial, but I think you're from New York. Could be wrong. Elaine S. is in Frank from New York. Okay, go ahead, Elaine. Okay, thanks for all the shares. Um, I just feel like my body's shaking a little bit. Um, it's really hard. It's, it's the Passover holiday, and, uh, you know, I wasn't able to stay on my plan, so I didn't really know if I should share that or not. Um, I um, And I had feel a little bit sick, um, but when I was first reading this paragraph, um, I just realized that when I heard all the shares that, the addictions that I had took my life, you know, like it, it's not, it's very cunning and baffling. You know, you just have one day in your life and that day is very important. But when I look back, like I lost probably about 15 years. I mean, I got married when I was 54. I had a child after that, thank God, um, a miracle child. And the reason I did, I was able to stay on my plan at that time. I had a child because I was able to stay on my plan. It's very clear to me. My body was very, um, but the bottom line is, is before that I wasn't. And, um, you know, I, I forget, as I'm listening now, I forget how deadly this is. I have a child. I'm an older mom. I have to be there for him. And my husband is not well. And it's and we have even financial issues and it's just a very hard time and I'm I'm having a really good Passover in some ways but not in others and it's I have to stay alive and be healthy take care of my family you know I'm the only one that is the healthy one I have an aging mother um, I had a hard Passover um, like I said the the, the dysfunction the, the 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 emotional and dynamics of the family, very dysfunctional, um, you know, very difficult. I think that I was eating as I was thinking from anxiety and stress, you know, and feeling that, you know, I wanted that ease and comfort because I felt so much anxiety and stress from all the things that are happening. And even when I was with at a friend's house, um, my husband didn't come to any of the meals. We have four meals in the community for two days and he didn't come to any of them except the one we had here. That was really hard, even though I planned one like four doors down and then last minute he said he couldn't come. So food is not going to solve it. Only only God is going to solve it. And um, I have to remember that my program is in the center, not on the side and not behind me, but it's in the center. And it's hard for me to share all this. I'm trying the best I can because they say, you know, being honest is the most important thing. And um, I, uh, 
you know, I have a little bit of indigestion and I feel a little sick the last few days. I'm able to do what I need to do, but I don't like to feel this way. Um, Just a reminder. Okay. Is that it or it's one minute? Uh, That's like one second left. Okay. So, um, okay. I'd like to give out my number later. Thank you for the great meeting. Thank you for for leading. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Elaine F. from New York. I'm sure she's on the membership list. Okay, so we have, um, we don't have any more time. That's it. We're going to um, close the, Elaine, let me get to the format here. Uh, Elaine will take us out. Um, and thank you to everyone who shared. Please join for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, April 20th, is, um, wait a second here, I have it, 18861. That's 18,861. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. We'll read a P. Please read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Until up until keep you until then, Reva. Yes, hi. This is Reva P. Uh, recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.